All right. You're getting cut off. <laughs> that was way more than 30 seconds. Wow. You guys did that really fast. <laughs> I was expecting to have to be a little harsher. Um, so in case nobody heard us, our favorite sports team is the Bucks. I don't know if... <laughs> we know their names. I don't know. <laughs> we know who's on the team. You know, Giannis Middleton, Chris Antetokounmpo, you know, like all those guys. Those aren't their names mixed up. It's names. fine. No worries. So in case you don't know, Mike and I launched Out of Voice five months ago. Mm -hmm. We were here for three years. I have set up that kid's curtain every single week for three years, and it felt so strange to set it up again today. Um, but we launched out of voice and we moved to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So we brought the blessing of the Lord to Milwaukee and then <laughs> Bucks won the NBA championship. That's right. That's right. So you're welcome, Giannis, if you ever see this. I love you. We, <laughs> we love you. We live like 10 blocks from the Bucks stadium. So it has been wild every day. Game six after they won, the party didn't stop in the city until 5 a.m. So it was, it we was fantastic. There, so. We weren't there. This is what we heard. We weren't there. Yeah. But this is what we heard. But Dave Chappelle was in our city, so that's cool, too. Cool things. Big things for Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> so as far as us and City House Church and what all happened when we launched out, um, we prepared for well over a year to leave Voice Church and plant a new church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is strange for us because we've never been inner city people. Um, but when we went to visit downtown Milwaukee, we felt beyond a shadow of a doubt this was 100% where we were supposed to be. And it was a huge leap of faith because we had just moved our family a couple of years prior from the Midwest all the way out here to pack up all of our stuff again and drive through Colorado, which is the worst, the absolute worst. In the dead of winter. In winter. So we moved from California to Milwaukee, Wisconsin in February. We went from no, like there needs to be a bigger reaction <laughs> from you from that because that's ridiculous. Like we moved in February and it was like it was literally as soon as we got into yeah. the city, a huge blizzard hit. And it was like 12 to 18 inches of snow yeah. that hit like three days after we finally unpacked the very last thing. So it was it was pretty awesome. So we needed to be super confident that this was a God thing. Um, so we didn't see anybody for like the first month and a half, two months we were there, except the people at the grocery store because you don't you just don't go outside. Mm -hmm. You'll freeze to death. Um, especially coming from California, we were like, oh yeah, this is what negative six feels like. Great, cool. Um, but in the short few months that we have had the chance to build team and meet with people and get out of our house, and now that, uh, well, Milwaukee never super cared about COVID, uh, but they like really don't care now. And so we've gotten a chance to like get out and see people. Um, it's been incredible. It's been so great. We've added two leadership uh, team members to our team. So two people that are saying, we're linking arms with you, we're in it for the long haul, we want to help build this church. And then we've added two launch team members, one who does kids ministry, which is incredible because I think I'm at the end of my rope of kids ministry. <laughs> like, I love kids ministry, I've done it for like 13 years and now I'm ready to pass the torch and she came at just the right time. Um, so we've been able to add two team members. We're having our first public event, August 7th, like your event, August 7th. Tell them what it's called. <laughs> Ours, uh, <laughs> our invitation said, prep your fall body at the City House 
thicknick. Where we serve thick food at a picnic. So, like, no dainty finger sandwiches here, folks. It's like mac and cheese and pizza and, like, all that. Because you can do that in the Midwest. No one eats kale out there. Okay? So, so it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Chicken and waffles, pizza. I'm a, so excited. <laughs> As you can tell. Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, no, so we got to do a lot of cool things. We've actually got to... Um, uh, send money to another church plant that's launching in August in downtown Detroit, yeah. um, which is amazing. Uh, I've known this girl who's starting a church uh, for the last uh, since I was 14 years old, um, and so she's doing amazing work out there. But we got to uh, bless them and send money their way before we even have our first service. Uh, we've linked arms with um, Voice Church, and we started supporting Carrie and Josh Woolley, uh, missionaries who are in the Andes Mountains um, already, and so we're doing that. Um, so just a lot of cool things already happening in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, we've gotten a chance to connect with the Young Lives director there. Um, I don't know if any of you know, but Voice works with Young Lives here with teen parents. And so we got there and immediately called the Young Lives director, and we were like, what can we do? Mm-hmm. We, we want to help. And so we're building a relationship with him. It's just been great, and I feel like at every turn, God has been affirming that this is absolutely where we were supposed to be. So because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness, because of your pastors being willing to let go of people, there's a new church that's starting in Milwaukee that has already been able to help another church start in Detroit. So it's just been incredible to be a part of that that lineage, that um, kind of domino effect of what God is doing. So Taka asked us to speak today, which he might regret after this, but here we are. (laughs) Um, when we were talking about what we wanted to say this morning, normally we focus on the going, the sending. We come together, we gather, we learn something about Jesus, and then we go apply it in our lives. We bring it to our workplace, to our families. But the more we prayed about today, the more we felt like as a unit, as Voice Church, as the people that are sitting next to each other, because Voice Church is not Taka and Natalie. Voice Church is you guys. So as Voice Church, we wanted to encourage you and to breathe life into you because we feel like this past year or so, three maybe, <laughs> has been difficult. So we want to breathe life into you today, and my prayer is that at the end of today, you would feel empowered and emboldened to build the thing that God is building here. Um, so I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. <clears throat> uh, Father God, I am so grateful to have this opportunity to be back in a place with family. Um, back in a place that feels familiar and feels like home. And I pray today you would breathe fresh wind into these people. God, empty Mike and I, because aside from you, we have nothing to say. So empty us so we can say exactly what you have for your people right now in this season. We love you, and we believe that we are going to leave this place full of you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, buckle your seatbelts, kiddos. Here we go. <laughs> um, so Tiffany and I, uh, we are in this stint where uh, seven weeks in a row, we're in a different city every weekend, um, preaching to different churches and, and demographics and age groups. And um, so when I tell you guys, when we prayed about what God wanted to say, this message is for you. I've never pre- We've never spoke this message before, and we'll never probably speak it again because we really believe that this is for this church. Um, so we're going to be in Joshua chapter 13 verses 1 and 7, Uh, Joshua chapter 13, verse 1 and 7. And this is what it says. It says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Joshua, I'm a little upset at this moment. 
like imagine, I just imagine like, so when I read scripture, I think about it like in like a movie. And so I'm picturing Joshua sitting down in a room full of his writers, like he's writing his bio, right? And he's like, all right, guys, I'll hit me with what you got. They're like, okay, Joshua, we think we're going to start it out like this. You're old and advanced in years. And he's like, don't put that in there. Like no one wants to be called that. And then God comes in. He goes, no, 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 put it in there. Like you, like, have you ever been told by your friends that you're old? It's, like, frustrating because you're like, no, nah, man, I'm not old, bro. Like, what are you talking about? But then, like, if God comes and solidifies the fact that you're old, like, that's a little frustrating. So God says, Joshua, you're old and advanced in years. Um, but here's, here's what he also says after that. He says, you're old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. There remains yet very much land to possess. So God's saying, listen, Joshua, I know you're old. I know you're advanced in years. I know that you've done a lot. You, you've battled. You've worked. But, man, there's still so much more to do. And so this is what it says. Now bear with me. Lord, help me. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Gershurites from this. God, help me. There's so many weird names in Scripture. From Shehor west of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron, and is counted as a Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and those of Avim in the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Mira that belongs to the Sidonians of Afik, to the boundary of the Amorites and the land of the Gebelites and all of Lebanon, toward the sunrise from Balgad below Mount Hermon, and Lebanon, Hamath, and all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Mishfaroth, Maim, even all the Sidonians. Now, I just need you to stop and give me a round of applause because I made it through all of that, okay? Help me, Lord. Okay, so then this is what God tells Joshua next. I myself will drive them out before the people of Israel. Only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and to the half tribe of Manasseh. So God is telling Joshua, listen, You've done a lot, so let me take this one. I'll drive all these people out for you, but I still need you. I, I'm going to do the heavy lifting, Joshua. Like, I'm going to take this burden. I'm going to now fight for you, but I still want you, and I still have a purpose for you, even though you're old and advanced in years. And this is the thing. Joshua's a tough dude. Like, he's not just a pushover. He's done some stuff for God. Joshua was with Moses when, uh, so Mo Joshua, for those of you guys who don't know, some of his list of things he accomplished, he was like Moses' PA for a little while. Like he was Moses' personal assistant. He got to go in the uh, tents of meeting when Moses would meet face-to-face -face with God. Joshua was able to be there. That's a big deal. Uh, Joshua led the people of it. He did the whole like crossing the Jordan and actually leading the people of Israel into the promised land. Also a big deal. There was one time in scripture that they were in this battle and God actually used Joshua to cause the sun to stand still just so that the nation of Israel could have light to defeat the army. And what's dope about that is God said, never has this been done and never will it be done again. Like, so to, to actually be used by God in these crazy ways is actually amazing. What's going on though is important because Tiffany and I really felt like this is what God wanted to encourage you with. Because God's saying, listen, Joshua, I know you're old. I know you're advanced in years. I know you've done a lot, but I still want to use you. I felt like God wanted to say to Voice Church and to you guys is like, listen, I know. I'm not calling you old. Don't worry. Um, but there's things that's probably happened in this past year and a half that have, that have worn on you. There's things that you guys have experienced as a church that have probably made you feel old and advanced in years. 
you fought the good fight, like you've done a lot of stuff for God already, but man, you're tired. From Joshua 13 all the way to Joshua 21, it lists out every single family that still has yet to inherit land. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people because I feel for Joshua in this moment because if you go back a chapter, you see why this man is so tired. Because in Joshua chapter 12, verse 7, it says this. It says, and these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated on the west side of the Jordan. Verse 24 says, 31 kings in all. So here we have Joshua. He's walked with Moses and these jokers for 40 years in the desert. Moses dies. Now he takes the mantle. He helps them cross over the Jordan and get into the promised land. He was there with Moses when the whole like Charlton Heston thing went down. Okay. For those of you guys who don't understand that reference, it's an old movie about the Ten Commandments. Okay. So he was there with Moses when the Ten Commandments were were brought. Okay. He's been through some stuff. And now we're finding out that he's defeated 31 kings. 31 kings, 31 nations, 31 different armies. That's a lot of stuff. I can see now why he's so tired. And I want to put this in real life context for you guys. I I think, like I said, I think about this stuff in movies sometimes. And so I think about Joshua in this moment as he's defeated these 31 kings and as he's allotting all of this promised land to the people. Like, any parents in here got parents with more than one kid? Yeah, more than one kid? Okay, you guys ever, like, just out of the kindness of your heart, ever get your kids something like a toy or a treat or something, but like you got them different things, right? And how awful of an idea that was? Because now you're understanding that like you can't get them different things because one kid will be really happy and the other kid will just be undone, like completely. So I could just imagine, you cannot tell me that there weren't some Bible time Karens and Kens in this moment arguing about what land they got over what land the other person got. Like I could just imagine them being like, I don't think the HOA is going to like all these dead bodies in my front lawn. Like, uh, excuse me, Joshua, um, I don't have a red uh, sea view outside my window, so I'm going to need you to move that. You know what I mean? Like I could just imagine how taxing and tiring this was for this man to not only go to war all this time, but then to deal with the people because they're still people. They're still individuals. And can I just encourage you? You're going to come in contact, if you haven't already, with some Karens and Kens. And if your name is Karen or Ken in here, I'm sorry, and I apologize. If you're watching online, it's a beautiful name. I'm sure it has a great meaning. Um, But here's the thing about church, guys. Church is centered around people. And what makes it so difficult sometimes is the people. Because if it was just coming and setting up some chairs and, and listening to some music and listening to some really handsome guy speak to you, like, it would, that would be great. But what, why are you laughing? That's so rude. But, like, but what's crazy is your, your life, when it comes to church and the ministry of Jesus Christ, it's centered around people. So people will make you feel tired. They'll make you feel old and advanced in years. Even if 2020 happens and you're not even allowed to be in close proximity, people can still feel taxing. But if Joshua chose not to keep going, if the nation of Israel chose not to keep going, if he chose to stop fighting and not defeat those 31 kings, and even after he did it and God said there's still more land to take, if Joshua said no, if he relied on the excuses, the good ones that he had to stop, 
the people of, from chapters 13, verse 8, all the way to 21 would have never gotten the land that was promised for them. And even if they did, it wouldn't have been the way that God intended it. If Voice Church stops now, if you guys stop now, there will be people in Tustin, Irvine, Santa Ana, and the surrounding areas, and even all over the world, because not, here's the thing, Voice Church's ministry reaches across the world. We're supporting missionaries all over the place. If you guys stop now, there's going to be people who won't inherit the things that God has promised them the way he's designed it through Voice Church. So you guys might be dealing with stuff in your own life, man, that like is causing you to, and some of you guys, it's, it's awesome to see because we're seeing a lot of new faces and a lot of new families, which is amazing because that just means that God is still moving and he's still doing things. But then I see some OG people who have been here from the beginning and it even like blesses my heart even more because there's people who are still sticking it out, even though Taka hasn't changed his haircut in years, okay? And some of you might be wondering, when's the day coming, bro, okay? I love you. Um, but there might be things that have caused you to be like, I don't know, man. I don't know what God is about to do. Like, yo, we've changed worship teams like a lot. Like we've changed locations like a lot. And there may be things that are causing you to, to doubt and to question what God is trying to do here. But can I just tell you the simple fact that there's new people coming means that God is not done. He's not. He's not done through this church. And the fact that the people who, are, who have been here from the beginning means that God is not done. So what's interesting is uh, there's another person in this story that's pretty prominent, and his name is Caleb. Um, and the cool thing about Joshua and Caleb is if you actually read what Moses did in Exodus and all that stuff, he actually, Joshua and Caleb were about the, so historians believe that they were about the same age. Max, they were only five years apart, okay? But this is what it says about Caleb. I think it's really interesting. So Joshua 14, 6 through 14, it talks, uh, so it introduces Caleb, and it says that um, this is what Caleb says to Joshua. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me. So Caleb comes to Joshua and he says, man, listen, I was 40 years old when God sent both you and me into the land to spy it out, to check out, to see about if this land we can go take it, right? It's the moment where Joshua, Caleb, and the other 10 people go into the land and like the 10 got scared because they saw these giants. And then Joshua and Caleb were the ones like, I, I still think, God, we can do this. Like, let's go rally the troops and let's go. So this is the moment where Caleb is reminding Joshua about what God spoke over him. And so he says this, he says, I wholly followed the Lord my God. And because of this, Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land on which your foot has trotted shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, mind you, this is important because, again, at the very beginning, this is what Caleb said. This is what the Lord said over you and me, over Joshua and me. So it says this. It says, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. These 45 years since that time the Lord spoke to, uh, this word to Moses, where Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for coming and going. Caleb is that 90-year-old dude who's still mowing his grass and standing in line at Trader Joe waiting for groceries. Like, he's still that dude who's just still trucking at 85 years old. Like, he's a monster. But this is what Joshua, or what Caleb says. He says, now give me this hill country which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how Anakim, how Anakim was there and they were, had great fortified cities. It may be 
that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. So Josh, or Caleb's saying to Joshua, listen, man, if, if, if you'll let me have my land that God promised, if you'll allot me what God promised, if you'll do your role, rest and know that God is gonna fight, but if you'll do your role, then I can do my role. So if you will allot me the land that God promised me, I'll go and drive them out. Even though I'm this old, I'll drive them out. So whether you're Joshua, who the Lord is telling you, I'm going to fight for you, or you're Caleb, who God is saying, I'm going to use you to fight. The cool thing about both of them and in their separate roles, because some in here, some people in here, you're like, I need to rest in this season. I was just having conversations with some people in here who have been here from the very beginning. And they're like, I, I just needed to take some seasons to rest. Guess what? Can I just tell you and free you up? That's okay. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest and let the Lord fight for you. And some of you are in here and you're spry. You're ready to go. You're Caleb. You're like, yo, I'm just as strong setting up today as I will be just as strong setting up next week. I'm ready. And just so you guys know, I drove that stupid truck and trailer for the three years that I was here. Every single week. Hate that dang thing. Tiffany was like, we should go set up in the morning. I go, no, we shouldn't. I'm just going to be honest. I need to rest now, okay? But some of you guys are ready to go. And can I just tell you, Joshua needs Caleb just as much as Caleb needs Joshua. There's people in here who need to rest and let the Lord fight for them, but there's some also people who, who need to encourage those who are resting and take up the mantle to go fight now. We need each other. But here's the deal. What puts you in that position, what puts you in the position to still see God working, whether you're resting or you're battling, is this. That phrase that Caleb said, we wholly followed the Lord. In all the temptations that both of them had to either rest or to, stop, or to, or to fight in their own strength, in their own purpose. And that's what's crazy to me. Caleb went to Joshua to receive the land that he was already promised. There's obedience in both. And it's important to see that. So these two men who are still in it because irregardless of circumstance, whether they're resting or battling, they wholly followed the Lord. And I wanted to leave you guys with that before Tiffany starts of, of whether you're resting or you're battling, the difference that will be whether or not you'll get to see God still moving is if you wholly follow the Lord. Um, so when he was walking me through his part of this message, I was like, you start and then read it to me and then I'll pick it up. So he's reading like Joshua battled 31 Kings and then God was like, rest Joshua. And then Caleb was like, I'm 85. I'm ready. Immediately. I started going, okay, am I Joshua or am I Caleb? Like, have I, I know that I've fought a lot, but am I like, God, do you want me to keep fighting or do I get to rest? And then I started identifying other people in my life, like, oh, you're for sure a Joshua. I see you. I see you. Like, you're just resting, and God's doing his thing, and you just get to chill. And now I feel even more like a Caleb because I feel like I'm still battling. And then I'm like, oh, that church over there, they feel like a Joshua. Like, they just have to exist, and God just pours out blessing on them. And here we are battling again. And I was like, okay, is that the, is that the point? Is that the point of the scriptures for me to be able to identify, okay, I'm a Joshua or I'm a Caleb, so let's do this. And God was like, no, that's not the point at all. The point is that in and out of season, you will be a Joshua and you will be a Caleb. You will be the one that has battled, you fought your 31 kings, and now it's time for you to rest. But you will also be a Caleb when you're 85 and you're old and God is going, I'm not done yet. Like, 
pull up your bootstraps, we've got more to do. And I think both can be just as difficult. It can be just as difficult to keep battling as it is to rest and let God do what only he can do. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking back on the seasons of voice and going, gosh, I've seen both. I've seen moments where voices just felt like, as a collective, we have been battling. We are in the thick of it. And we are looking at God going, can we rest now? Like, that church has all the things that we need to be successful. Like, that church has all the things that we need to grow our team or to grow our youth ministry, to grow our kids' ministry. If we just had that, if you would just let us rest. And God's looking back going, you just got to keep going. Like, Caleb, you can do it. I know you feel old and advanced in years, but I've got more for you. And I think when we, when we feel that, when we feel the battle is weighing on us, and we feel like, gosh, I've just continued to go and go and go, and I just need rest, but we have to keep fighting. I think a lot of the things that we do here as a church, as a collective, can feel so trivial because our expectations aren't being met. The things that we are working hard for are not coming to fruition the way that we hoped they would. We're moving locations over and over and over again. And in your heart, you're going, I'm not kicking my own butt so we can move another location. This is exhausting. I remember working in the kids' ministry and only having like a couple of kids and being like, God, did I work all week for these three kids? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And seeing, like, the worship team has changed so many times that I've been here when the tech crew is two people and Taka, and that's it. And it can feel so trivial because you are not seeing the things that you expected to happen come to fruition in the time that you hoped that it would happen. And can I just tell you that our preferences and the things that we hoped for often not just in church, but in our own lives, get in the way of us being able to see what God is doing. Our preferences can distract us from the work that God is doing because I promise you, whether you are resting, whether you are battling, whether you love what's happening here, or whether it's driving you crazy that it's not the way you want it to be, God is working. Whether you're in Back Bay, in Tustin, at Mary's house back at the beginning, God is working. Whether you feel like it or not, God is working. And I know this because I've been there. <laughs> I've been the one setting up the kids' area by myself, going, Lord, if none of my volunteers show up today, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And he's like, Tiffany, keep going. Keep going because it's not about you. And then I read 1 Peter 4, 2, and it says, Live the rest of your time no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And I think so often we take that verse and we apply it to, okay, I have to let go of my sin patterns. I have to let go of that relationship or that person or whatever. But when we're speaking to the church, we have to let go of what we thought this would look like. We have to let go of how easy we hoped this would be. We have to let go of that and commit to the will of God so that he can do the work that only he can do. Too many times I think we measure our successes by the battles that we win, how rested we feel, 
or watching our expectations come to fruition. We saved the money that we wanted to save. We went on the trip that we were planning. We had the amount of people that we thought at church. All of those things can make us feel like we have reached the pinnacle. We've made it. We have hit success. But God is saying, do not live measuring your life in those ways. You need to live measuring your life by my will. The past couple of weeks, Mike said we had been traveling around. Um, so the last couple of weeks, we've had the chance to stand in two different churches that were church plants. And for those of you that are like, you keep saying church plant, I don't super get it. It's a church that was not there and is new and is now there. Like, out of a truck. No building, no, like, stuff except what we can pack into a truck. So these two churches were originally church plants in their area. One is now 25 years old and the other is 15 years old. And even though their buildings were super impressive, and I'm sure they feel relieved to have a space that's theirs, the most impressive thing was hearing from their team, meeting their teams and hearing the stories from the beginning of the church and hearing about how they had linked arm to arms together. They had come together as a collective and said, through battle and through rest, we are going to commit wholly and fully to the Lord. We are going to commit to the will of God and not to our own preferences. I'm not going to push for my own way. I'm going to ask God, what are you doing here so that I can join you? And I'm going to link arms with the people around me. And when you need rest, I'm going to fight. And when I need rest, I need you to fight. And we're going to do it together. When you do that, Voice Church, when you decide as a collective that you are going to link arms together, what you do is exactly what Joshua and Caleb did, is they made room for other people to inherit the things of God. So when you say, we're coming together, we're going to battle, we're going to fight, we're going to rest and let God do what only he can do, you're making room for other people to inherit a relationship with God, to inherit freedom from bondage, wholeness, healing from trauma, you're making room for other people to come in and find out who their creator is, to speak truth into their life. So I think in rest or in battle, if you guys can decide that regardless of what this looks like and what you had hoped it would look like, you are going to wholly and fully commit to not living by your own preferences, but by the will of God, you are going to take land for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, and like Tiffany said, like, because it's, it's not for us. Like what we do here is not for us in the grand scheme of things. It is for every other person who, is, who hasn't had that encounter with Jesus Christ that you have had. And I remember, I remember one time we were in Rockford, Illinois, um, trying to start a small group from nothing. And I remember Tiffany, I was so frustrated because these people weren't showing up. And I was like, man, like we're setting out snacks. Like we got like the good crackers and cheese. Like, why aren't they not coming? Like, and we get to talk about God. Like this is, but they wanted nothing to do with it. And Tiffany just said this one phrase to me. She's like, do you remember what it was like to be lost? Like to not have Jesus Christ in your life. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I don't. I've been holy since birth. <laughs> like, you know. But, uh, but it just, it's always stuck with me because I'm like, everything we do 
Like, we, we can lose perspective. We can lose sight of what's actually important. Like, and that, that perspective piece is everything, man, because you can look at certain things through a lens of your own perception and reality, and it can completely be in, in the opposite direction of what God wants you to see. And so there's this verse in Romans 5, 3 through 6, and it says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of problems and trials. Truly. Like, we got, like, I love our city. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love Milwaukee. Like, it's amazing, and it's hype, and I, I love it, and I feel at home there. Like, I feel like I, I want to die there. Like, it's amazing. But, like, we got shot with paintball guns. Like, kids in the inner city did a drive-by at this park we were at and shot us with paintball guns, and it was super scary and weird, like, to be that vulnerable. Our car got attempted, like, to be stolen at one point, and then, like, a few months later, actually got stolen and totaled, like, We've been, I'm, guys, I'm just sick of some problems. I'm sick of problems and trials. Like, I don't want any more. I'm good. So when I read this verse and it's like, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Like, what? How? You just said it. There are problems and trials. What is there to rejoice about? It, you can rejoice because your perspective needs to be different. And I wanted to encourage you guys today because, man, if we can shift our perspective to not our own preferences, but what God could be doing, That'll shift everything. Because here's what it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for they know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. That is the promise of God in his word. That this hope that we have in Christ and what he did for us will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Perspective is everything, guys. Because you can see your problems and trials for what they are as just problematic and troublesome. Or you can see them as opportunities for your endurance to grow stronger. Now that's not sexy. Driving that truck three years every single Sunday, it's not sexy. Being in Southern California in the hot, driving that truck for three years, we, it's not safe. But if, I, but if I shift my perspective and let myself actually go to the faith portion of my walk with Christ, which is the crux of our journey with him, and tell myself the truth of the matter of like, hey man, by me driving this truck, it's the biggest stinking truck and trailer. Like that is advertising everywhere that God's presence is in that city. So by me driving that stupid truck around, I'm literally telling every single person, yo, God's in the city. Because it says voice church right on the side. And I know what happens if they were to step foot inside this building. Because I know the people that they'd be ready to meet. People who actually loved and followed Christ. Perspective is everything. Some of you guys are like, yeah, man, but changing locations is really difficult. It doesn't really fit my style. Like, I don't like driving this far away, which I completely understand. It is sometimes troublesome and inconvenient. But here's the deal. Like, Jesus commanded his disciples to change locations. Perspective shift. He said, go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They were commanded by Christ himself to change locations. Because what happens is the more they change locations, the more people get affected by the gospel of Christ. Back Bay, community center, 
Tustin. All these places that if we were to have one solid location, some of these families that are here even right now would have never been here. So it's not about, oh, I'm so frustrated we're changing locations. I'm so frustrated we don't have consistency. Man, be grateful because now more people in our surrounding area have gotten to hear the gospel of Christ. That's a perspective shift. But it's also a choice that you have to make on to see that perspective. Man, ah, oh, I don't know. We just, we have a lack of provision. We don't have the finances. 2020 giving went down 70% and all this stuff. And you could see like us not being able to afford where we want to be is a lack of provision. And it's not, it's not blessed by God because we don't have the provisions we need. You guys realize that when Jesus Christ sent his own disciples out two by two for their very first ministry tour, he told them, don't take anything with you. Don't take extra money. Don't take extra clothes because everything that you will be provided for you is exactly what you will need. It's a perspective shift. It's a perspective shift. And whatever season you find yourself in, if the worship team wants to come up, you guys can go ahead and I don't know if you guys are doing one last song or not, but if you are, you can make me sound more holy by playing behind me. Um, but whatever season you're in, whether you're resting or whether you're battling for God, do it wholly following him. That is going to bring what he wants for this city at the timing he wants for this city in the surrounding area. So I'm gonna pray and I just wanna encourage you guys, man, like God is still doing stuff here. And he still has a purpose for this church and everything that's going on around it and through it. So I'm going to pray and then we'll sing. Cool. Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for this opportunity, God, just to be with family, to be with friends. Father, to, to do our best to try to empty ourselves and encourage this church, man, that you are just so, you're not done yet, God. There's still so much that you want to do so much things that you want to accomplish, God, and so many people that you want to introduce yourself to through this church. So God, I just pray a blessing over every single person here, God, whether they just started coming or whether they've been here from the beginning, but God, that you would just encourage the Joshua's, the ones who you are calling to rest and just watch you take action, or whether they're the Caleb's, God, who you are going to use to fight and take land for, the, for their people, that either way, God, you would just encourage them that you are not done yet. And if they would just surrender their preferences and their perceptions to you to just try to see how you're working and just wholly follow you that you're going to do something God that's amazing for the benefit of so many people Jesus Christ we love you we thank you and it's in your name we pray amen